Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week, we look at the first semi-finalists. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Monty. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week, we take you through a different country's national final and and pick the song that we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. At the end of the series, you, our listeners, will have the chance to vote for your favourites. And at our live event, we will crown the winner of the second cherry song contest. But that's all to come. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is Eurovision, actually. We are talking about Eurovision. Yes, this is now an actual Eurovision podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It was only a matter of time, though. Indeed, indeed. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know this because we see each other all the time. But uh, how's our, yeah, how's you? I'm very well. Thank you for the benefit of our listener. Yeah. Oh, sorry. (laughs) We've lost our professionalism, guys, uh, since uh, the off-season or the on-season, which is our off-season. Losing, it kind of implies that we had it in the first place. Yeah, but I was being professional by pretending that I was being professional. We are back. Happy 2022 for you. I know that it's already several months into the year, but this is our first podcast of 2022. And we are excited because it's Eurovision! (laughs) So as has become customary now, we are going to take a dive into the semi-finalists. Actually, all of the songs. There's a finalist as well. We're going to take a dive into the songs. And we're going to structure them through the medium of two semi-finals and a final. (laughs) Should we just do it? Yeah, let's get on with it. So welcome back to Second Cherry for 2022. As we said, we're going to take you through some bonus episodes before the podcast itself gets going. And actually, we're going to have some bonus episodes now and some bonus episodes before Eurovision from Turin. But more of that later. And that's all before we get into the series proper, which will be around June time this year. We'll take you through the summer. We'll take you through the off-season as we look back at the national finals and pick the songs that we think deserve that second chance. But for now, we're going to dive in and we're going to give you our thoughts on the first semi-final. So we're going to go through in running order, which we have now. We're recording this the day after we got the running order. Thank God we got it in time. (laughs) Thank you, EBU. Um, Thought we were going to have to bribe somebody to get the running order out of them, but we've got it. And it's an interesting running order. There's some chaos in here, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. There's going to be some juxtapositioning of some... Interesting songs and some, it has to be said, uninteresting songs this year as well. But we'll come to that. So, kicking us off, we've got Albania with Secret, it's Ronella Hayati. Well, Albania is normally first out of the gates, right? It's one of the first people to 
give us their song, generally speaking, and there's always a revamp. And so it's always best to hold your opinion until you've heard the revamp, until you know what you're getting. I feel this song went from disjointed demo track to Power Warrior Princess Banger. It, yeah, I just felt like it. we finally get in that big atmospheric banger from Albania, which they almost have sent in the past. I adore this. There is nothing about this that doesn't please me on every level. I love the song. I love the craziness of it. I love the video where she's picking <laughs> up a swarthy hitchhiker. Mm, she got good taste, girl. I'd let him thumb down my Volvo any day. <laughs> I just really, really enjoyed it. I think this is going to be an assault on the senses, and I think that's why they're putting this up first. Um, it's really going to be a big number to open. In the Albanian final, she had a cast of thousands on stage with her, and obviously that's going to have to be trimmed down um, to five maximum additional dancers. So it'll be interesting to see how the choreography changes and how the presentation changes. But Ronella is such a performer. She's such a personality. Isn't she just? I'm really loving her. So I am so looking forward to seeing what this brings. And if there's any justice for me, this should equal or better Albania's best ever result. I'm going to call this now, I'm saying top five. If they stage this well, and I think they will, I think this is top five. I did think that Albania should be top 10 last year and it wasn't though. So, (laughs) you know, you never know. But yeah, I would, I'd be well happy if it got up there. Mm, I'm very pleased for Albania this year. Our second song then we're going to talk about is Latvia and Zitizieni, Eat Your Salad. Monty, you're the resident vegetarian. Tell us about this song. (laughs) Indeed, and uh, I share many of the tastes mentioned in the menu on this offer. Not all of them, um, but what I do like is I also like it fresh and juicy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is, of course, the song that's got all of the tongues working. Um, It's the one about vegetarian cunnilingus. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much in the first line. Yeah, uh, apart from the fact that we're not going to be actually hearing that line at Eurovision. And therein lies the problem, I think, for Mm. me. This is a song... The rest of the song is quite funky. It's quite a nice take on sort of, you know, being environmentally friendly um, and, you know, being vegetarian and saving the planet, saving the polar bears. But its USP is the fact that they say the word pussy in the opening line and they're not going to be able to do that on stage so does that just take the whole impact away i mean you know all the fans know what it's meant to be but if you're watching this on the night you've got no idea and you just see them doing a blank line and licking their lips then how are you meant to know yeah but maybe because we've been we've seen that and so it is disappointing to us but for someone who doesn't know that that's what's meant the lyric is meant to be in the first line 
then they won't be as disappointed, maybe. Maybe we just, because we, we're aware of it. But they also won't be switched on to the song in the way that the, the impact of this, when this landed, everybody in the fandom was talking about that opening line. And without that opening line, what's there for the rest of the song? True. I do think it's quite memorable, though, still. Because I think when it comes to the voting public... Um, it'll be oh that veggie song or that vegan song or that it, it will it stands out for that reason I think that's um, true it is a well produced song it's actually you know there is a song there very radio friendly and yeah I think it's got votes potential it might be hitting that one note that whole shtick the whole bloody time but I think this is qualifying I think this is a this is getting through to Saturday night and I think it's got enough for me it's got a bit of a I wonder if they could have got away with saying bussy instead. I mean, that would change the entire menu options for me. <laughs> the priority order has suddenly changed. <laughs> the next song in the first semi-final is The Neighbour of Latvia. It's Lithuania. It's Monica Lou with Sentimentai. Does this make you go glassy-eyed, Matt? Wistful? Mm, not sure. Not sure. I mean, for anyone that followed uh, Pabandum Ishnaya, the national final of Lithuania, Monica was a sure bet to win this, really. She had lots of fans in Lithuania, big star, and the voting scores were available after each stage of the competition, so you could see. it's. It wasn't a surprise. I think it's a classy number, I think it is classy. Monica does everything she can with the song, bless her. But I feel this is one of those situations where local support gets an artist to Eurovision and then it's lost in translation, so to speak, you know, thereafter. And so a really well-crafted song, though, but not as competitive as those national final votes suggest, I think. Yeah, I think see also people like Jamie Lee or Tix. Yes. You know, they're people who had a big national following, big national fan base, but put them on the Eurovision stage and the people voting for them have no idea who they are, no idea of their backstory. And I I just don't think there's anything here to grab onto. I think you're right. I think she does do the best of it that she can if you like this kind of thing and I just don't mm. um, I mean for me this is my least favourite song of the year by Amaya I just can't get into it at all so you know I mean there's nothing wrong with Monica there's possibly nothing wrong with the song if that's your taste but it's just it's not doing anything for me but good luck to her mm. is it competitive well the next country was song number four now. So this is fourth in the running order. It's Switzerland with Marius Bear with the song Boys Do Cry. A mountain, they crumble, and rivers, they run dry. And oh, 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 So Matt, Marius Bear, Boys Do Cry. Have you brought a bear to tears before? Um this isn't this isn't going out on radio, right? That's right. <laughs> uh yes. 
I imagine I have a few times. <laughs> I can't tell you by the methods of which that happened. <laughs> what do you think of the song, though? Well, first up, he has got an incredible voice. I honestly, I that's a gift that can't be taught. That's just a you know you're born with it. That husky yet quite sumptuous tone and that quality. Um, I'm really jealous that I can't sing like that. To be honest with you, um, I want to talk lyrics though. The lyrics go, hearts, they get broken. God only knows why. And sometimes aeroplanes fall from the sky and mountains, they crumble and rivers, they run dry. Oh, boys do cry. It's okay. Slightly clunky <laughs> lyrics, notwithstanding. It's really gorgeous. Um, and I think it's a talent to write a song that sort of stirs that kind of raw emotion, something which I think does well at Eurovision. There's an upbeat tone to it, though, which I think which is where the real sort of deft hand comes here. It's growing on me, and that's a theme that we'll get into this year. A lot of the songs are not immediately likeable, but they grow on you. Yeah, my question mark is, is the audience going to get bored with this? But I think it's a decent song. The problem with a grower is this is a competition where you need to make instant impact. And I do quite like this, but chronologically, in terms of the running order... This is the first example of the introspective sad boy um, this year. And that is something which we have quite a lot of. Um, Also some introspective sad girls as well. Mm -hmm. Um, There's quite a lot of this kind of song going on. And I think that is going to be difficult for them all to stand out. You know, there are going to be some winners, some losers. And I think that given this is very much a visual impact competition... A lot of that's going to come down to the staging and seeing how well this is done. I think there are some really lovely motifs in the video for this. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the, the little boy wearing the suit of armour, you know, listening to his parents argue over him. And, you know, even though he's put this protective coating around him with the armour, the penetration of the, the, the words still gets in there and still you know, makes him upset. And it's that kind of trauma that you carry through into how you are as an adult. Mm. And I think that's the the emotion that this song's tapping into. It's a really beautiful sentiment. Um, and I, I kind of hope this does well for him. But I think he's in that big bracket of songs that could go either way. And it's going to come down to which ones shine and which ones don't. And this is quite early in the running order mm. to be remembered. Next up, it's Slovenia, LPS with Disco. Does this make you want to boogie on down, Matt? Uh, I wouldn't say that, no. Disco with a K. Mm. Hey, ho, hey. Are we here? Are we happening? <laughs> Can't uh, we not spell? <laughs> People of a certain age will remember Jamiroquai. And the real defining sound of sort of funk and jazz with those electronic elements. Kind of really super cool. I loved Jamiroquai, and so this immediately sits well in my ear. But it's less edgy. Um, in fact, it has no edges at all. Um, it's quite polished and pleasant. Even the national final, EMA, Emma, pf- that performance was very staid. 
it kind of felt like a rehearsal, to be honest. It will have its fans, and it might be a welcome slight increase in pace from Marius Bear, but I think it's too middle of the road to qualify, and we all know what happens to middle of the road songs. <coughs> James Newman. <laughs> we do indeed. Um, yeah, I think exactly the same. It's a bit static. It's a bit um, trying to be cool. You know, and it probably is quite cool to a lot of the audience. But yeah, it, it's just I haven't really got much to say about it, if I'm honest. It's not going to qualify for me. Agreed. <laughs> Next up in the running order is Ukraine with a Kalush Orchestra with Stefania. Well, here's a talking point, Monty. Uh, we should preface this discussion by saying that at the time of recording, Ukraine are in Eurovision and Kalush Orchestra will be performing. But for obvious reasons, things may change in the future. Um, we just don't know. But as this is music first, always, let's get into it as if they're participating. So what do you think of this, Monty? I actually really like this. It was probably my favourite in the national final. And I'm not going to get into what happened in the national final. If we do a Ukrainian episode, we'll come to that later in the series. Um, or we'll pick it up in our in our wash-up episode at the end. But I really... There's just elements of kind of, you know, very traditional Ukrainian music, blended with dance, blended with a really interesting performance. Um, and I think... The, the theme of being about his mother just feels really poignant now as well because of all of the events which are happening. I'm hoping by the time this goes out, we might be able to say have happened in Ukraine, but I unfortunately think that's still going to be ongoing. Uh, obviously, because of the situation, because of the war in Ukraine, this is riding really high in the bookies. There's lots of people think this is going to win. Um, and there's lots of people not happy about that because they think it will win for the wrong reasons. There's a sympathy vote rather than the narrative of the song itself. But I actually think this was a potential contender or certainly a contender for the top 10, even before any sympathies might come in. Um, I just really like it. I think this kind of thing does perform quite well at Eurovision. It's not quite in the league of Goa from last year, but look at how that went off and how people responded to that. And this has got some elements of bringing that kind of blend of folk and tradition and pop and dance uh, into it. So I I really, really like it. It's funny you say some elements, because for me, I like 50% of this song. Mm -hmm. And that's the non-rapping parts. Yeah. Because I really feel like... It's really totally incongruous uh, with the whole vibe of the song. I can't tell you how well that rap is performed. Is there clever wordplay? Is there, you know, no cliched rhyming? I, sexual, I don't know. So I, I, I bet lyrically, it looks a little bit interesting. Uh, I'm not sure how the song was composed, but it, it feels a little bit like too many cooks spoiling the broth, maybe. I don't know. But it's an absolute wild card of a song because of the nature of it being Ukraine. And the question around, will people care and just vote for it anyway, like you've said. I can see it coming top 10, 
with that push. But otherwise, I think it. I think people will get put off by the rapping. But the rest of the song, I think, is gorgeous. Yeah, I don't think it's quite a contender to win. No. Um, even with a, a sympathy vote behind it or a supportive vote, maybe that's a better way of saying it than a sympathy vote. Um, I think they will be there, though. Um, the We have heard news that as long as they get to film their live-on-tape performance, that will be used. So they will be part of the competition, whatever happens. And I hope that we see them there. Song 7 is from Bulgaria. It's by the Intelligent Music Project and it's called Intention. Well look, it's very accomplished musicians doing what they do really well. But this style of dated classic rock just, it doesn't do anything for me. I'll bop to it and I and I'm, have to say I'm happy Bulgaria can afford to be at Eurovision again and they're back and it's always, you know, always happy to see Bulgaria. I can't see this qualifying at all. I'm really sorry. No, I can't either. I think when it was chosen and it was quite early on, we were kind of, oh, is there going to be like a lot of rock to try and emulate Moniskin? That hasn't happened, and I think that's probably in Bulgaria's favour that they're not competing in a sea of rock songs, but it's just not a very good one. You know, if they're trying to emulate the rock sound of Moniskin, then they've completely forgotten about everything that made Moniskin Moniskin. The pizzazz, the sex appeal, the excitement. This is like, you know, a few dads rocking, and not even a few daddies rocking. (laughs) It's a few dads rocking. It, It just... There's nothing there for me to engage with at all. Yeah, moving swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> Next up then is the Netherlands with Steen in the song Die Diepte. Thoughts? Well, I've just had to get over the way that she stylized her name as S and then the number 10, which of course is Teen in Dutch. So it's Steen, and her real name is Steen van Hollander. <laughs> so that's what she's done. Um, I This is a really interesting song. It's, a one of the, it's another one of those introspective ballads, and they're singing it in Dutch, which is something they haven't yes. done for over a decade. The last one to do that was Seneca with uh, Ik bin verliefd, Shalali, Shalala. Uh, she put in a few Shalalis, which, you know, is international sounding. <laughs> and uh, Steen is putting in a few sort of da-da-da's and, and a few sort of, you know, sounds that will be familiar um, against the contrast of the Dutch language, which will not be as familiar to people. Um, but I really, really like this. There's something really interesting about it. Um, for all its sort of swimming in a pool of slow, introverted ballads, something about this one really stands out. It, it, it th- Lyrically, it's quite moving. It's about the kind of stagnation of a relationship and she's trying to sort of, you know, find solace or find a, a hiding place from the, the pain of it. Mm. Um, and, yeah I, yeah, I really like it. I think they could do something quite 
interesting visually on stage, which I think it needs. Not bells and whistles, but something with the lighting. A little similar to the laser effect they did in the Dutch TV performance. I don't know if you saw that, with all the red lasers. No, I missed it, no. Really, yeah. really simple. Just sort of rows and columns of lasers. Um, and just making a really interesting visual effect. Mm. Um, but still keeping it like as a quite static performance from her. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like it sounds like an amalgam of what the neighbours Belgium have been sending in recent years. It it really is like, yeah, these types of songs, this kind of style, this contemporary, kind of contemporary, kind of sort of thing that do does well in the charts, kind of moody, but with a distinct personality. This stuff is, you know, these are the songs that are always quite tricky to call at Eurovision. And again, as you said, it is going to come down to staging. Given what it sits between, in the running order, Bulgaria, and then we'll come on to Mo- Moldova in a minute... I think it'll be a positive palate cleanser. Sometimes that goes against songs when you're a palate cleanser. I think this will work in the favour for the Netherlands. And I'll say this, it's an incredibly mature song for a 21-year-old. And I'm in awe at the writing talent, really. I think she's a real star. I'm really, I, I'm fingers crossed for her. So nine is from Moldova. It's Dobstub with Fratil Advachov, the Advachov brothers, with Trenelutul. Let's go so this is a bit of a riot of sound, isn't it? Yeah, I keep hearing that this sort of music is really big on the continent, in that region of the world, and lots of people will love it. But I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I think it's scraping through to the final, by the way, but only just. If they can stage this well, not sort of a bit, you know, you can see which way they can go with staging with this, but it's going to be a bit too folksy and a bit odd. But these guys know how to perform. They are very experienced. They've got Eurovision experience too. This is another song that throws me a little bit. I personally can't... I I find it a little bit grating, even though I do... I do sort of sing along to it and I just, it makes me happy, but it is a little bit grating. Will it have enough? I think just. I know exactly what you mean with that. I kind of quite like it, but I can't fully get into it, <laughs> even though I think this is absolutely the kind of stuff that goes down a, a storm um, across the Balkans. Um, I think it's really interesting, the theme, because it's obviously, it's based on a train journey from... Kisinau to Bucharest, um, the sort of the uh, the old the old Soviet style train journey yeah. um, from two capital cities, um, and obviously there's a kinship between Moldova and uh, Romania, but also I think in this there are elements certainly in the first versions of it. I think they've had to change the lyrics that were a little bit sort of look almost kind of like a bit unionist between you know. Uh, uh, the 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 two countries being one um there's lots of talk about you know uniting the country um in that and i think that was probably seen as a little bit too political but i quite like the um i quite like the the feel of it the videos you know a bit of a riot they're on this old soviet style train and i've spent a lot of time on soviet trains <laughs> and they're not that fun I mean, the buffet car looks way more impressive than any train that I was ever on. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, they've got a few of the little 
you know, the little um, details down, like the stone du jour and I had, the woman who's coming along that checks your tickets and brings you your blankets and look at, looks after her carriage. And then the, the border guard that's coming on, being very officious. Um, I, th- I think this is, you know, they're going to do a good performance of this. It's going to be lively. Um, it's coming after a slow song. I think it's going to really stand out. But I think... I, at first, I thought it was a dead cert qualifier, but now in the lineup, I think it is. It's borderline. It could get through, or it could just, just miss out. Following that, then is Portugal with Marrow with the song "Sadade Sadade." thoughts well this is a huge contrast again from what's just gone before this is a very gentle song it's bringing in that saudade that we love from portugal that sense of wistfulness and longing um and there's something just really beautiful about this it's so laid back it's almost asleep but there's a beautiful beautiful melody here there's a beautiful sense of Portugueseness that you know they do so well there's always so much national flavor I think this is a little bit of a dark horse not to win but to qualify where I think when I heard it on its own I wasn't sure but now I actually think there's probably just enough to stand out for this and to just sneak a place in the final because it's so beautiful absolutely was I a bit disappointed with Festival de Cancel this year? Yes. We wanted Fado Bisha, yeah. but that's for another time. That's for another time. <laughs> uh, do I love this song? I'm getting there. Again, it's a grower. I just want to make a point, though. Since the rise of like streaming music, there's been a trend for these curated playlists of study or late-night chill music. And um, you may have seen it on YouTube, you get like the cartoons of the girl in the bedroom with the headphones on at night time studying or, and it's kind of, you know, everyone's listening to that sort of music now, albeit with lyrics, this is right out of one of those playlists. It's kind of chill, yeah, late night studying for your exams. And it's that kind of thing that you get on these playlists. Um, my Eurovision head says it might struggle to get votes, but personally, it, as I said, it's really growing on me. I really like it. I'm saying it's qualifying. Yeah. I think I think you're right. It's a risky one to call, but I'm saying it's qualifying. Fantastic. Song eleven is from Croatia. It's Mir Dimisic and Guilty Pleasure. Well, it was only a matter of time before we got a Taylor Swift sound alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some of the kids online. You've been saying it's like Swifty's song Willow, um, but it's not. It's just not. It, there's. It's just not the same. I don't know how to say it. It's just not the same. Um, a better musician will debunk that than me. But it does sound like the whole vibe of 
Taylor Swift's lockdown albums that she did. It really is out of that playbook. I like the song. I wouldn't skip it on the playlist. It's a bit too lightweight and flimsy for me. It's just that the beat feels a bit light. I wouldn't call it competitive either. Yet it did win Dora, the national final. So maybe I'm missing something. It's nice. It's not bad. It's just nice. I find this all pleasure without any guilt. I absolutely <laughs> love this. For me, it's probably one of the most melodic songs of the year. And I really like the theme. The theme is that she's in a relationship, but this ne'er-do-well scoundrel keeps <laughs> popping up and saying, come away with me, leave your man. And she's going, no, but I've got stability and I can't go with you. But then I have a bit of a hunger for more. And I quite like that as a theme. I mean, we all know the type. We can all feel her plight here. <laughs> we know exactly what's going on. Um, I, ju- I really love the melody of it. I think it really works. I think that this is a real dark horse. Not, again, not to win, but a real dark horse to get a 10th place or get in the top 10. Um, because I don't think many people saw it at first, but there's just something... Yeah, it's really, I really, really enjoy this. Mm-hmm. And let's see what she brings on stage. I mean, in the video, she's got that the big gymnastic specimen crapping its creels all, the, all around her <laughs> and, you know, pulling all manner of gymnastic poses. Um, so, yeah, we get a bit of that on stage. Then let's see. Zero-ish with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Next in the running order will be Denmark with the song The Show by Reddy. Monty, we're getting varying degrees of rock this year. How do you feel about Ready? Well, I'm sure that they're all having a lovely time. But this just does absolutely nothing for me. It just feels like a very ordinary, plodding song that shifts tempo from being started on the piano, but she's got a guitar slug around her neck, so, you know, things are going to change a bit. (laughs) Uh, And sure enough, she gets up and she joins the band and it's kind of rockier towards the end. But, yeah. There's just nothing about this for me. It's all right. It it kept my attention throughout. It sounds very late Girls Aloud, actually. I know it's kind of rocky, but some of the more rockier pop that Girls Aloud did, especially the chorus, some of the vocal riffs, this is the entry that is borderline qualified for me, probably on the no side. We're back to staging as well. Are they going to do good staging? I'm not so sure. What can you do with it, really? They're a band. They're going to want to be a band. Exactly. And is, is they're going to be on stage with other people who are going to be uplifted by the stage. And they're going to be... Yeah. It wasn't a great national final, to be honest with you. We can talk about that. But I think just the recaps are enough to give you a flavour of what happened at the national final, to be honest. It's all right. It's all right. It's not borderline for me. This is absolutely a non-qualifier. I think there's so many songs which could go either way in this semi-final. But that's not one of them. I can't see any way that that's going to get through. But moving on to song 13, it's from Austria. It's Lumix featuring Pia Maria with Halo. 
So we can be CEOs, they tell us in this song. I mean, I already am. <laughs> you are. My days aren't spent flouncing around in some Rococo building in a crinoline hoop. More's the pity. But I'm quite enjoying the cosplay that's going on in this. You're not CEO incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'm going wrong. Um, I mean, I I like this. I, it's it's a good upbeat song, and my God, we need them this year. I don't think it's groundbreaking. I don't think it's necessarily that good a dance track, but we're in short supply this year, so you know we're going to take them where we can. It's middling for me, really, but I'd rather see this in the final than some of the plodders. And that's being polite. <laughs> we've got to sit through. Well, here's my worry with Austria. As a song, I think it's sailing through. It is absolutely sailing through. But as a performance, will we get what it sounds like on the recording? Because it's high-energy song, a big open stage of Eurovision. So the vocal has to be so strong. And I just it's just a question mark. I, have, I don't know. If Pia can pull it off, then this is this could do quite well. Regardless, though, I'm going to be dancing on the nearest table when this is on, because like, we're going to need it. You're right. Mm-hmm. So after Austria comes Iceland with the band Sister with the song Met He Candy Scholz. Monty, much like Portugal, this is really growing on me. What do you say? It's not really growing on me, I'm afraid. Okay. This was uh, one of the songs I was least interested in in the national final. I think they do good harmonies, but it's just a bit kind of ordinary, slightly folky nothingness for me, I'm afraid. I I like it because it, it takes me back to 1970s, you know, The Carpenters... Um, or a bit of the mummers and puppers. Um, I got that sort of vibe. Some say it's classy. Some might say it's too sedate. Some might say it's po- polished and professional. Others would say it's boring. No matter what, I don't see what people will vote for on mass here. Actually, um, there's no real moment or part of the song that stands out. And there's been songs like that that have done well that don't have a natural moment. The Common Linnets was one of them actually, which is similar to this. But they sort of wowed us with class, and I don't, I don't think it has that level. Yeah, I think it might just miss out on the night. Yeah. And I still don't really understand what people saw in the common limits. I think it was well staged, but I still don't really understand why it came second. And yeah, I'd be astonished if this got to the final. Song 15 is from Greece. It's called Die Together by Amanda Georgiada Tenfield. Well, given recent entries, uh, Greece has surprised me this year, and not necessarily in a good way. I feel this song is quite dated, rather than retro. 
we do like a good retro song, but this this feels very dated. I've heard it so many times before. It's going to need some incredible staging. I'm sorry, it really is. And a very trigger-happy diaspora to vote. Uh, yeah, I'm calling it a non-qualifier, again, for Greece. This, I know they have their voters around, but it's not saved them in the past, and I think this is going to struggle. I think she's got 24 points in the bag from Norway, though, because she's half Norwegian and lives there. And so Norway are coming after her in this semi-final, which we'll get to in a moment. So I think she's got points in the bag before she even starts on anybody else. I actually really like this. Of all of the the slow introspective numbers, this is one of my favourites. I think this is a really classy song. There's a really interesting effect going on, which I can't quite work out on the studio version, is a sort of a vocoder effect on her voice or whether they've got this kind of sort of vibrato effect on the music, which is just harmonising with her voice. Um, I hope it's the latter so that they can have that effect and she'll sing over it and it will sound like it's recreating that sound on stage. But I think it re- gives it a really interesting um, edge to it. I think it, it, it's beautiful. I really like the sentiment of this as well. Um, as sad as it is. Lie <laughs> together. And, uh, well, no, I mean, it's yeah. about kind of like, you know, capturing your relationship at that moment in time. I, I mean, it is a bit unfortunate that it's not a great time by the sounds of what she's singing. <laughs> but I think it is about kind of trying to hold on to um, that moment. I I mean, I wanted a banger. Don't, I will not lie. I wanted Greece to give me a big Greek banger. And we didn't get it, but I'm quite happy with what we have got from them. Okay, fair enough. So moving on then, you mentioned it there. The next song is Norway with the group Subwoofer with the song Give That Wolf a Banana. Monty, <laughs> I hate myself, but I love it. What do you think? Oh, I love it too. <laughs> I mean, it's bonkers, but I absolutely love it. I mean, it's you know, it, it's recreating a spin on the fairy tale, isn't it? And um, I just think it's really quite clever. I think for me, there's a, there's an echo of a song like "Feel It" by the Tampera featuring Maya, where they're singing, you know, "What's she gonna look like with a chimney on it?" And it's kind of it's a play on the the, the moment in the Wizard of Oz and it's a, it's from a, a house track called you know drop a house on that bitch um, which is kind of taken from that moment and for me there's an element of that that kind of playfulness that's there by kind of subverting uh, a, a well-known story or a well-known um, moment in the story and it's just fun um, you know they're doing a silly dance routine and you know, my God, we need a bit of fun this year. This is escapism. I think people are going to get really, you know, into the fact that it's two guys in wolf masks, bright yellow wolf masks on stage. There's a bit of a secret around their identity. We think we know, but we're not going to reveal it. And yeah, I just, yeah, give me some fun, God damn it. Yeah, I think we spoke a lot on the podcast about novelty songs 
that are trying to be funny, too self-referential, just just doesn't work. But this delivers a well-produced song, first and foremost. It's not over-the-top choreo. choreo. You, can, you can see what they're doing. They're giving a little bit of, you know, this is how you dance to our song, guys. Yeah, dressed in those bright yellow polygon wolves, you know, in suits. It's a logistical nightmare, I think, in Turin. They're going to have to stay <laughs> if they want to stay they're uh, going to have to have a few different versions that they can change into and rinse the other ones out yeah otherwise they're going to be stinking by the end of two weeks <laughs> but against my better judgment i like it and this is absolutely qualifying yeah absolutely and so closing the first semi-final is armenia rosaline with snap Well, I think it's another Taylor Swift song, really, but sort of less so, actually, as the voice is different. It's not uh, the same vocal, but very much the song is written. It's straight off of Taylor Swift's album. I think there's a real potential here for some big staging. In the video, Rosa is sailing away on a house like in Disney's Up movie. It's the sort of song you hear on a craft beer advert, TV advert. Um, But it's got a really positive message of carrying on when all hope is lost. And I think that might resonate with some people. It might just pull through the semi, but because of staging, I feel like this is one of those sort of middle of the road songs. Staging might uplift this into a qualifying position. Well, people are wondering why it's been drawn last in the semi-final and questioning whether it might be because it's got some bulky staging or some big staging to, you know, that's going to be difficult dismantle. to, to yeah. dismantle. So they're putting it on last so, you know, they don't have to do that within a postcard's length of time. Um, I think it is an odd song to to choose to close the final with because it feels, um, so to close the semi-final with because it feels like it's sort of, you know, taking it down a notch or two. Especially after Norway. Yeah, yeah. But then I think there's something really nice about the song. I have to say, I had to Google to find out whether she was actually Armenian or not, because there's nothing about this that has any flavour of coming from Armenia. And she is, but I think all the songwriters are American, apart from her. So it does feel quite international. It does feel, you know, that kind of, yeah, the stuff that's coming out of something like Taylor Swift. But I really think there's there's something to this one. It's got a nice melody. It's got a nice feel to it. And yeah, I'm really interested to see what they do. You shall see. So Monty, they're the songs. Yeah. There's our review. What are your highlights? What do you, what's the, what are the ones you're looking out for really? Well, um, Albania absolutely yeah. for me is a huge highlight. Um, I think of the ballads, uh, Netherlands and Armenia um, and Greece as well. And then and maybe um, Ukraine. I'm looking forward to seeing that on stage as well. Mm. Um, the rest, oh, no way as well. I like the rest. I can probably take or leave, to be honest. But 10 of those will be in the final. Mm. Which ones are they going to be? I think you're absolutely right. So much is going to be about staging. What about you? What's your highlights? Albania, for sure. I'm so sure that's going to do well. She has to. And probably probably Portugal. Because I'm just interested in 
more than anything as an experiment to see whether that is going to qualify is Europe and Australia going to vote for that so yeah I think overall it is a very strange set of songs this year I'm not sure that this is the is going to be a vintage year for Eurovision um, there are fewer songs that I absolutely love but there are a lot of songs that I quite like mm. this year there aren't that many doffers um, but I don't think it's an absolutely standout field. I think I preferred last year. Oh, 100%. This is not the best year. It's not a very poppy year. That's something to be said about that, about the amount of pop songs might be contributing to how people feel about this year. But look, you know, there's plenty to talk about. So we will bloody well talk about it. So <laughs> that is the end of our semi-final one review, which only means that next week... It's semi-final two. two. Who knew? <laughs> we've 17 songs down with 23 to go and we're going to tackle 18 of those in the next episode. We are loving being back. We hope that you've enjoyed listening and do get in touch if you'd like to. We are on Twitter at Second Cherry, on Instagram at Second underscore Cherry, on Facebook Cherry, Second Cherry Podcast or you can email us on Hello at secondcherry.vision. That is hello at secondcherry.vision. We would love to hear from you. Thank you very much for listening and we'll be back next week. See you later. Bye. Bye.